Welcome to the Audacity of Hustle, your weekly dose of conversations about life, entrepreneurship, and the pursuit of happiness, often through the lens of real estate and culture. Today's topic is the future of real estate. With uh, homeownership rates in the black community at all-time lows and the ever-increasing uh, cost of living in cities throughout the country, is homeownership dead? Is the dream of, of owning a home dead or does it just look different? Let's talk about it. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, uh, as I said in the in the intro, uh, today we are talking about the future of real estate and and what that looks like specifically in in the black community. Um, there are this is a really really big issue. I realize that, and there's a bunch a bunch of different angles we could come at come at it from. Uh, but I'm for the sake of today's podcast, at least, I'm going to, to divide this into to two big categories and talk about some of the, the opportunities I see for, for this stuff to get addressed. Uh, some of it's going to be business related. So, you know, land cost and, and construction stuff. And then the others will be uh, social issues. So we're gonna we're gonna start with with the, the social, and then uh, in the second segment we'll get into the the business stuff. All right, okay. So uh, home ownership rates are currently at rates in the black community at least are are lower than they were in 1968 when the Fair Housing Act was passed. That means that homeownership in the black community is lower than it was when it was legal for you to discriminate against uh, someone for the color of their skin when it came to housing. Um, while there are, are tons of, of, of issues and, and there's, there's been well documented on how we, how we sort of got here, uh, whether you look at uh, the, the financial crisis and some of the predatory lending stuff from banks or you take into account, there's a wonderful book by a gentleman by the name of, I believe it's Richard Rothstein called The Color of Law, which goes into painful detail about, about how, how, of the, how these laws uh, uh, from the government and just different uh, institutions uh, created sort of the, the real estate climate we live in today. But that being said, what, what can we do? What can we do today to, to sort of address this? And uh, I have two, two, uh, two select two suggestions, uh, and I'm going to pose them first with 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 two of the issues that I think are uh, is, are are there, and then we'll we'll get into the the solutions to those issues. So uh, one of the the first things that that seems apparent to to me as as someone who's who's spent you know, roughly the last decade uh, in in real estate uh, at at all points on the spectrum so uh i've been blessed to do some some really big stuff uh and i've done some some really you know smaller stuff so foreclosures and penthouses and everything in between and one of the things that that seems very apparent is that while 
in many, many communities of color, the, the vast majority, uh, in many cases, over 80% of, of them are renters. There are a, a fair amount of those people who are renting that don't have to rent, but they don't know that. So, and, and what I mean by that is that they have, have misconceptions over what they think it takes to buy a home. And those misconceptions are perpetuated by other people they know who, who co-sign that stuff. So they can, can buy a home, but they don't know they can buy a home because no one's telling them they can buy a home. And the people around them are saying, no, nah, you don't, you need a, a credit score of 700 to, to buy a home when, when these things just, just aren't true. Uh, so I, I think that's one. Uh, the second uh, thing that uh, I believe is a big issue there is that there just aren't that many real estate professionals of color. Less than 1% of all realtors, uh, according to the National Association of Realtors, less than 1% of realtors are, are black. You know, the average uh, realtor in the country is a middle-aged white woman uh, who makes, if I'm not mistaken, I'd be about $47,000 a year or something like that. Uh, and obviously they're, they're, they're not, you know, in, in these communities of color spending time telling people, oh, this is how you can qualify for a house, uh, for myriad reasons. But so those, those are the, the sort of the two big issues there. You have people who can qualify and don't know they can qualify. Uh, and then you have an industry of people who, who it's their job to, to help people buy and sell real estate and they they don't know. <laughs> uh, be, they don't know that these communities exist because then many times they're just not they're not familiar with them uh, because they they didn't come from these communities. So how how do we how do we address uh, those those things there? Uh, I think there's and then that I'm, we we can I'm gonna touch on the gentrification thing a little bit, but uh, that that's another show that's gonna have to be. So um, what I I think we can can start to address this with is by better engaging black communities or just minority communities in in general or better i don't it, it, engaging is, is probably a, a place to start but educating so how, how do we whether it's it's just people in the community activists or or, or social entrepreneurs how, how do we help uh, people in communities of color get to understand that there are home ownership options for you. Uh, and that that's sort of a, a first step there, just getting them to, to sort of understand uh, the, the power of being able to own your home. If you own your home, no one can raise your rent. If you own your home, no one can sell it from under you. You know, that's that's what we're seeing. And it's especially in a lot of the, the communities here in South Florida, uh, people's homes are literally <laughs> being sold from under them because developers are coming in and, and, and want to build uh, new homes or condos or townhomes that the current residents of those communities probably won't be able to afford. Uh, so that that creates a, a big problem for for those renters because if the rent rates are are rising already to unaffordable levels and you've been in in a, a property for you know an extended period of time you know 10 15 20 years and then your your landlord says oh well i just sold the place for this condo building they're they're moving here's a thousand dollars to help you relocate and there's nowhere in south florida 
where you can 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 go with with whatever the amount of money is they give you to relocate the disparity between average income and average rents here in south florida or in florida is larger than it is anywhere else in the country so so how how do we how do we address that and i i think the the first place is just education not just from from real estate professionals but from anyone who knows you know being in in the community and and really just sort of spreading the word on the on the value of uh, home ownership and the the path to to getting there realistically so not telling people they got to have insane credit scores and 30 percent down and stuff like that so educating yourself and then educating others uh and that is a, a perfect segue to my my second uh thing that i think can can help that and that's just better recruiting by by us in the real estate industry so as as a real estate broker uh being focused or making a conscious effort to uh recruit you know members of of those communities and hey you know he, here's here's how you can can do well and do good you can make a living you know selling real estate uh and make a meaningful impact on your community and here's how you do that uh many times these these communities are underserved because no one from the community uh, actually goes into the real estate business you know i i you know there's a interesting parallel there when you think about policing in a lot of a lot of black communities you know many of the the people in the communities don't go into law enforcement and then the law enforcement doesn't reflect the community so you have the same or even education to a degree uh but in real estate you have the same thing so you you don't have a lot of uh real estate agents of color going into real estate because there aren't a lot of real estate brokerages that are actively uh making a concerted effort to recruit in those places and since you don't have a lot of real estate agents coming in they're not aware of what's going on these in these communities and many of the other agents on the outside looking in have have very little interest in in going to those places unless they're working with the the people who are causing in many cases, the, the gentrification. So uh, making sure that that we as, as real estate professionals can really uh, be, be aware from all parts of our business about what's, what's going on, about what's going on and how we can, can very uh, effectively, efficiently do do the things that need to be done to make sure that people in the communities can be educated about what's going on. Okay. That that's, that's sort of my, my, my rant about that. So, uh, we got to educate people in the community about what's going on and, you know, their, their, their place in the, the home ownership ecosystem and the options that they have, uh, whether it's giving them realistic, uh, values of their homes if they're facing gentrification and receiving a whole bunch of letters about selling grandma's house or uh, they are facing gentrification in some of these areas and they they don't know what their options are as as far as home ownership goes there you're a renter you just found out your landlord selling the place what should you do uh making sure that 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 we can we can help those people and and that requires of us as real estate professionals to have uh present ourselves as as visible and viable uh 
we need to be visible to the, the people in these communities and so they can see that we're here and viable because we have the experience. We have the resources to let them know these are the things that needs to be. Here's how we can help. You know, I, I understand uh, what what's going on. I have the, the, the cultural sensitivity <laughs> to understand the context of, of what it means to see the development around your home and and frame that in a way that says, hey, this is here are your options. So th those are the the the, the big two, <laughs> so to speak. I'm sure we're, we're going to have a couple other shows to really dive into some more of the, the details on that. Um, but those are those are the, the the basics. So, all right. Next up, we're going to get into the business of this, uh, the business of the future of real estate. All right. Stay tuned. This episode of The Audacity of Hustle is brought to you by Curly Girls Workout on Instagram. For your daily dose of fitness motivation, be sure to check out Curly Girls Workout. That's Curly Girls Workout. She is curly, she is curvy, she is magnificent, and she is mine. Check it out, awesome. Okay, okay. Welcome back to the Audacity of Hustle. My name is Nathaniel Crawford, and today we are talking about the future of real estate. All right. In the uh, first segment, we talked about you know, some of the the social issues. Uh, right now, we're going to jump into some of the the business issues. And uh, there are again, there are tons more. Uh, angles that we could we could cover this on and i'm sure we'll we'll dive into it a little bit more in, in future episodes uh, but today uh i've separated the these business issues into to three categories okay uh those issues are or those categories rather are uh, marketing construction costs and land costs and i'm going to go through each of of those things uh, and just sort of go 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 over some of the the, the issues that, that that I see and uh, some of the potential uh, solutions that I, I think are there uh, just to sort of put it out there and, and start the conversation uh, if you hear anything that 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 you that you disagree with that you agree with by all means uh, please reach out to me uh, I can be reached on Instagram at they call me mr. Crawford I am on Twitter at Mr. Crawford and I am on Facebook at Nathaniel Crawford. Um, yeah, reach out. You know, I, I'd love to talk through it. Uh, real estate is what I do. And, and I'm always happy to, to talk more about it uh, from any perspective. Okay. So uh, that being said, the, the, the first piece I, I think we can sort of walk through uh, when it comes to the future of real estate uh, is, I believe, uh, the marketing. And I'm a little biased <laughs> on this. I, I do have a marketing background. Uh, before I got into real estate, I, I did did some marketing stuff. I went to college for marketing. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm very, very aware uh, of, of what 
of the power of marketing and what that messaging can do. Uh, so uh, that being said, uh, in addition to the, the issues of, of unaffordability, I, I think at, at all points on the spectrum, there are, are issues of, of diversity in marketing. And uh, I think that's uh, an issue in many cases because a lot of, a lot of real estate developers are, are not innovators, they're followers. Uh, they're they're driven by by past experience and they are very very apprehensive to try anything new. Uh, if they've always run ads in a in a certain location to to market their their properties, if they've always advertised in certain cities or, or certain states or in certain publications, uh, and those publications have worked well for them, uh, they are going to continue to advertise in those publications. Uh, that being said, uh, that that means that the advertising that they do in those publications is going to result in sales that are 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 mirrored. Though those 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 buyers will mirror the readership of those publications. So uh, if you're advertising on the Wall Street Journal or in Inc. Magazine. Uh, that's going to be a very different buyer than you would get from, say, Essence Magazine or BET uh, or Black Enterprise. Uh, and in many cases, the developers and just real estate professionals in general, when they think about marketing, uh, they they go to the places that have historically produced buyers uh, and they don't go to those places with an eye on diversity of their buyers. They go to those places with an eye on sales. That's it. Uh, because they just care about the numbers. In, in many cases, it's not a question of, well, I don't think people who read such and such are going to buy my, my $500,000 condos. It's a question of saying, well, I've never advertised there before and I'm not willing to, to spend a couple thousand dollars on an ad that I think might not work. Uh, so they go back and continue to advertise where they've always advertised and get the sales they've always gotten, but they also get the buyers they've always gotten. And that you know, is sort of a, a, a cycle that, that will continue to perpetuate itself until uh, and I, I think that's that's something that may be happening now until the the staff at these developers uh, becomes a little more diverse. When you have a, a more diverse team working on the marketing for a building, then they become more diverse in their suggestions for where that marketing should be targeted or the, the spectrum of, of venues that that marketing should be pointed at. And when you get more diverse marketing efforts, you get more diverse sales. Uh, so I think as we as we sort of move into some of the, the next generation of marketing professionals uh, with uh, what what I call the, the, the browning of America, uh, that that browning of America will also be reflected in the, the browning of of the professional community. And as that professional, specifically the professional marketing community, and as that community becomes more more diverse, the marketing becomes more diverse and the sales, uh, I believe, will come become more diverse. Uh, now, that being said, you know, that's sort of a long arc uh, to 
to, to wait on. So I, I think in the in the short term, one of the things we as as marketing, not as marketing professionals, but as as real estate professionals that are selling real estate, you know, people like like me, I'm still an active, active uh, real estate broker. Uh, if you need anything, you know, get at me. I got you. <laughs> I'm happy to help. Uh, but I, I often talk to to agents and they they sort of take the same view in many cases as some of the developers uh they find out where the developers are running ads and they sort of just go go there too and jump over the the communities that they're familiar with whether it's you know because of bias or because they've, they've never experienced you know people in those communities that buy uh or no one's ever pointed out to them that, hey, man, you know, you, you might be able to get some buyers over here instead of going over there. Uh, those are not not conversations that that are always happening. Uh, so I think as as we as as real estate sales professionals specifically or as as trainers in the space, uh, as, as a real estate broker, when I'm when I talk to agents I work with, part of the, the things that I'm, I'm, I'm coaching on and, and helping them to to understand is is that diversity in marketing is making sure that you're you're offering those opportunities to people in in your sphere and not just people out there who you can reach via facebook ads and and, and youtube videos you want to make sure that you're you're covering all of those bases uh extremely uh effectively and efficiently uh, because those though those buyers might be closer to you than you think uh, and you are doing your yourself a disservice and them a disservice by not letting them know what's there, uh, so I, I think the one of the first first frontiers in in addressing uh, uh, the future of real estate is going to be be diversity. Uh, I I also believe that as as some of the other stuff that that I'm going to get into on the, the construction side and the, the land cost stuff becomes more more popular. I think there are going to be some very interesting opportunities there for uh, the same premise of, of agents really looking out over over the communities that they that they come from and that they spend time in and seeing the the opportunities there from a uh, uh, not just a, a sales perspective, but from a, a developer and engage an investor uh, seller perspective as well. Uh, so that's the the short version <laughs> on the the marketing piece. Uh, the the next thing uh, that I, I want to touch on is uh, something that I, I spend a lot of time on right now, um, in and that is construction costs. One of the the, the things that uh, developers and many other real estate uh, professionals highlight all the time is the cost of construction is the reason why the cost of real estate is so high because those the cost to build as it keeps going up those costs get passed on those rising costs get passed on to to end users in the form of higher higher costs to buy a home or higher rents or higher uh uh, maintenance fees and things of that nature. So uh, one of the, the innovations there or several of the innovations there are, are built around 
things like uh, 3D printing. 3D printing homes is becoming more and more more popular. Um, I think it's, it's, it's definitely part of the big part of the future. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how how it's going to to sort of change the landscape. I, I, I believe it's going to be very, uh, very popular and very efficient. I'm, I'm waiting to see how it sort of stands the test of time to, to some of the natural disasters that we are are facing as the weather changes throughout the world. Uh, another um, innovation that I, I spend a lot of more time with is construction using shipping containers. Uh, I'm currently building uh, with a team of great people uh, over at Ecotainer uh, Concept. Uh, we're building some affordable homes as well as some market rate homes throughout throughout South Florida and watching the, the efficiency, uh, the shorter construction times that we're able to to deliver with building with shipping containers is is amazing to me. You know, being able to build a three bedroom, two bath home in less than two months uh, outside of the permitting process is something that that many many people cannot do today. Uh, so, in in the context of of developers, we're looking to save one or two things: time or money or both. Uh, and what I found with with shipping containers, and I, I believe this is possible with 3D uh, printing as well, is you can save both time and and money. And for for companies like ours, we're able to pass those savings on to to the buyers of the real estate, and still uh, function profitably. You know, one of the the challenges there is when you when you come into situations. Uh, we, we've experienced in the past where you, you partner with with the county or a city or some municipality and they say, oh, hey, we have some land here. We'd love for you to, to build a, an affordable home on here. And then they, they, they have a cap. They have a, a price cap on how much you can charge for for that home. Uh, and unless you have very, very good control over your construction costs, uh, building an affordable home, even when the land is free can be very challenging depending on what the cap on those on those those homes are as far as the what the county or the city is going to restrict you to to saying hey well you can't sell it for more than two hundred thousand dollars you can't sell it for more than 250 uh depending on the size of the home the location of the home there are a lot of builders today that can't build so even with the land being free if you're restricted on the the ultimate cost that you can sell it for sometimes it just it just won't work uh, so that being said, uh, as as uh, shipping container construction and uh, 3D printing continue to uh, advance and evolve, I believe both of them will will continue to lower construction costs to a point where you'll see a lot more developers doing doing what we're doing in in that you know, being able to build single family homes or multifamily structures, you know, condos, apartment buildings uh, at a fraction of the cost that they're being built today. And then focusing on being able to pass those savings on to the, the end users. I also think, though, some of the larger developers will be looking at these. This is a way to just sort of boost their profits. So they'll you know, cut their construction costs you know, in half. But instead of passing those savings on to the end users, that 
$400,000 house is still going to be a $400,000 house. The developer is just going to make twice as much profit. Uh, so I, I think there there's some some good stuff and and some some questionable stuff depending on who you ask and how you look at it. Um, that as as construction costs come down, there there are some some opportunities at at all points on the spectrum. Uh, so that's sort of where I leave it at right now for for now. Uh, the third piece on on this is land costs and. Land costs for me is uh, is a little different. So when when I when I think about land costs, uh, I, I look at it through the the this, the lens of, of supply and demand. So I, I don't see any scenario where the cost of land comes down, which is why those construction cost innovations are so important. Uh, but on the on the issue of land. I think this sort of ties back to, to something we were we talked about earlier in the show, in that in many cases when when areas start to gentrify or, or developers come in and begin to buy land, many of the the people who live in these communities don't know the value of the land they have, or the the leverage that that land gives them, uh, and because of that. The, the land is often undervalued, giving developers you know, access to property for, for, in some cases, pennies on the dollar or significantly lower than, than whatever the market value of that property is. And they're able to come in and really, really you know, build these big, beautiful condo, single family homes and stuff without compensating the, the people who are, are there, uh, even enough in most cases just to move and buy a home somewhere else. Um, so the, the, the key here for me, as, as we look at continued, uh, land costs, as, as the price of land keeps going up is making sure that we are, are aware of the value of that land in, in our communities. And we are, are cognizant of making sure that the other people in those communities know. So nobody's you know, selling grandma's house because they don't want to move back to, to, to South Miami. I don't want to move back to wherever, to Atlanta. I don't want to move back to D.C. So I'm just going to sell the house. Uh, and that's all fine and dandy if you want to sell it. But before you sell it, you need to at least understand very clearly how much it's worth. So you're not selling a two, three, four hundred thousand dollar piece of property for fifty thousand dollars just because you don't want the headache. Knowledge is power, but it's only power if you use it. Uh, and that that is is it falls on us as real estate professionals to be able to have that knowledge to share with you. But it also falls on the members of the community to be able to reach out to us as real estate professionals. You know, so that that's sort of a, a two way street there. But I, I believe that that is that land cost as it continues to, to rise and, and gentrification continues to to lean on many, many communities, and it will continue to, to, to do that for, for the foreseeable future. The people in these communities, uh, before anything else, need to understand the value of what, what they have. And then after you understand that value, you can make decisions based on how you feel about that. You know, whether you want to leave or stay or, or understand what, you know, hey, well, I, I might be able to get, get a little more out of, out of this. You know, what, what you can do collectively as a, as a block, as a community, you know, and what you can do individually as, as property owners. Uh, so land costs are going to keep going up. Making sure you have a seat at the table as your community changes is, is a lot um, 
a lot easier than you think if you own some land. Uh, so that's uh, that's sort of my, my, my take on that. So the, the, the marketing, the, the construction costs, the land costs, these are things that are going to continue to uh, affect uh, communities of color or all communities for that matter. Uh, and I'm sure we are going to talk at length about them in, in future episodes. Uh, just wanted to, to, to really get a, get a high level on them here today. Uh, as I said, if you're interested in con uh, continuing the conversation, uh, please reach out. I am uh, at they call me Mr. Crawford. That's they call me Mr. Crawford on Instagram, uh, at Mr. Crawford on Twitter, and uh, Nathaniel Crawford on Facebook. This is the Audacity of Hustle, where we talk about life, entrepreneurship, and the pursuit of happiness through the lens of real estate and culture. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk very soon. Go get it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Audacity of Hustle. I am Nathaniel Crawford. Our theme music was composed by Gareth Hunter. This week's sponsor is Curly Girls Workout on Instagram. Make sure you go check her out. And remember, you can have the time, you can have the money, but if you do not have the hustle, it is not gonna work. Go get it, y'all.